This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. Good morning. It's great this Sunday after Easter. I always I look forward to Easter with so much anticipation, but I also look forward to the next Sunday. Because some of you that came for the very first time last week have come back today, and that's really what gets us stoked to know that you thought, man, I, I think I would like to do this again. I told you last week we do this every Sunday in the year. There's only one Sunday of the year that we don't do this, and it's a long ways away, so I'm glad that you came back. This morning is a special day for us. It's Test Drive Sunday, and you're going to look for people after gather, the gathering that have on um, lanyards that, and, and that look like this identify themselves, and you're gonna be, some of you are going to be talking to them. But just listen up for a little while as we talk about what today is, is all about. We're getting ready for the summer, and uh, the summer's a big push here. Um, one of the things that makes Nagshead Church stand out um, or different, if I could say it that way, from a lot of other churches is that we know our purpose and we believe it is God's will to fulfill that purpose right now in our generation. Uh, we can't speak to what happened before we got here. I've been here since 1991. I can't speak about what happened before that. That's not my problem, not my business. But I am responsible for what happens in my life in this body of believers from that time on, and so are you if you're a partner here in this church. And we can't predict what's going to happen when we're gone, but I'll tell you one thing that we do hope and pray for is that we set an example right here and right now for our kids and for our grandkids so that they can pick up where we leave off, and I hope and I pray do an even better job than what we've been able to do of loving God and loving others and reaching the world. But that purpose statement, loving God, loving others, reaching the world, that's, that is useless if it's just words on paper. If it's just the words, you know, that the, on the back page of your outline there at the bottom, and you see it every now and you see it up on the wall, that's just useless if it's just words on a paper or on a banner. Our purpose says, listen to me, church, our purpose says that Nag said church isn't about sitting around and acting holy. That's not what we're about. It isn't about laying back and letting the professional Christians get her done for the rest of us. It isn't about being a consumer. You know what a consumer is? As somebody that takes and takes and takes and never gives back. It's about being a contributor. It's our belief that every one of us who knows Christ has been brought into God's family to find ways to do two things we're going to talk about this morning ministry and missions, every single one of us. And Nags Head Church, we use the terms ministry and mission a lot. And they're similar, I mean, I'm going to describe, define what they are today. They're similar, but they're different. They don't mean the same thing as we understand them. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, said, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. And he didn't leave it there. He didn't say, these are words for you. He said, and I'm going to show you how this is done. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So if you're a partner in Nagsa Church, that means you've, you've, you've made some commitments to belong to this church fellowship, 
you're asked, we ask all of our partners, we want you to give three things that require your time. Three things, three things only. What are those three things? Number one, the big three we call them. Number one, we ask that you attend Sunday worship gatherings regularly. Now, if you say, well, I do attend them regularly, that for me is once a month. That's not regular, okay? All right? Um, that we, regular, we're, we're here, like I said, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and unless God providentially hinders you, what does that mean? That means God does something that keeps you from coming to church, or God allows something in your life that keeps company coming over for the weekend is not God's providential hindering, by the way. People, oh, I didn't go. Why weren't you in church last week? We had company in town. Well, God bless you. Bring them to church. Or let them know Sunday morning we're going to have to go to church. We'd love for you to come with you, but, but if you, you want to sleep in, you know where the refrigerator is. We'll see you afterwards. All right? God, you're sick and contagious, and we don't want what you've got. Don't show up. God bless you. You know? Uh, um, but if you're providentially hindered, you're going to regularly attend. And we meet, like I said, almost every Sunday, and we don't, have a, we don't have a Sunday night gathering. We don't have a Wednesday night service. Right now it's just Sunday morning. But what could be more important to you on a Sunday? Let me ask that question. What could be? You say, well, sometimes, dude, the waves are double overhead. <laughs> so th- your God is that wave? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I can worship God out there. You know, riding the barrel, shredding, (laughs) pulling up the big one. Be careful if your God is a fish. (laughs) Read the book of Jonah, okay? God might come back and bite you. Number two, connect with others for Bible study, prayer, and fellowship in a connection group. For our guests, we don't have Sunday school here. We have connection groups. We have small groups that meet throughout the week all over the community. And we, we as partners, we commit to doing that all over the northern Outer Banks at different times. And there should be a group that works for you. And if not, if there, you say, well, there's not a group that works for me for my time frame, my schedule, whatever, let us know. We'll start one. We'll start one to get you, get you involved. It's in our connection groups, church. That, and, you, and those of you are in connect, how many of you are in connection group this morning? Raise your hand. Look around. Good grief. Amen. Those of you who are in connection groups understand that we care for one another. This is how our church loves one another and cares for one another and builds lasting friendships is in our groups. Number three, find a ministry team that fits who you are and serve. That's what Jesus just said. Be a servant. Serve. Now, I believe the Scripture teaches that every Christian, once you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells you, and he imparts into you, he gives you spiritual gifts, he gives you a special abilities to serve, and if every Christian is gifted to serve, that tells me this. I think through these things, okay? That tells me this. If every Christian's got a gift to serve somewhere, there must be a place in the church for every partner to use his or her gift. Gotta be. Just on Sunday mornings, we have every Sunday morning, for both each gathering, we have at least, I try to count them up in my mind, we have nine ministry teams contributing ministry this morning for this gathering. Nine. Nine. That's a lot. 
And, and I asked Andy, I said, Andy, how many people does it take? How many volunteers does it take every Sunday? Sunday morning, right now, to do what we do requires about 90 volunteers. Can you imagine if nobody wanted to serve? And let me tell you what, a lot of Sunday mornings were stretched really thin. Ask Ben Alexander. He heads up our first impressions team. Some of you know because Ben has grabbed you right when the gathering begins and says, I need you to be an usher today. Let me tell you what, if you get grabbed and you need to be an usher today, you need to turn around and say, hey, Ben, can I do this every Sunday? Wouldn't that be great, Ben? It would be awesome, wouldn't it? You'd do the happy dance right here, wouldn't you? Would you like to see Ben do the happy dance right here? No. <laughs> But there's always room, and there's always, for some reason, there's always need for more. There's always need for one more. All these nine teams, always. Well, today you're going to get the opportunity to volunteer, to try out. If you're not on a team on Sunday morning, you're going to get the opportunity to try out. That's why we call it Test Drive Sunday. One or more of our Sunday teams. You're going to learn more about that later. Just three things we ask, those three. We can all do that. So... Ministry and mission. Rick, what is, what is ministry? Let me define ministry for you. Ministry is serving one another in the church. Now, let me stop and say, for our guests especially, and you may already know this, when we say in the church, the church does not mean in the building. The church is the body, the family. Serving one another, those of us who are in the family, in the church family, especially when the church comes together, which is right now especially on Sunday mornings when the church comes together. We could not provide the ministries we have every Sunday if it were not for faithful partners who are volunteers being here ready, on time, early a little bit, and willing to serve. We could not do it. Serving one another in church, when the church comes together. Ministry allows me and you who are involved in ministry, allows us to invest time, and love in eternal things. You take a kid and ask him, you know, little, little, take a little boy and say, does your daddy love you? And hopefully that little boy is going to say, yeah, my daddy loves me. How do you know your daddy loves you? And one of the things you'll hear from that child is because my daddy took me fishing, because my daddy took me camping, because my daddy took me out and let him walk around the golf course and uh, be his caddy while I played golf, because my daddy helped me put together a model car, because my daddy spends time with me. That's how I know my daddy loves me, because time equals love. Time is our most valuable commodity, and it can't be replaced. Once it's gone, it's gone, isn't it? It can't be recaptured. We can't say, can we wind it back and can I get a do-over? Once time is gone, it's gone. So time needs to be invested wisely. And you know what? In this life, almost everything else you and I can do with our time is temporary. Isn't it? It's temporary. We could have some folks in the construction trade here in this room. And you know, you build a house, guess what? That house is temporary, isn't it, John? It could burn down tomorrow. But eventually, it's going to be taken down, it's going to be destroyed, it's going to rot, the termites are going to get us, something's going to happen. Everything, almost everything we do in life is temporary except for one thing, and that is when we love others. Because love, the love you invest when you serve in ministry is eternal. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6. In the Sermon on the Mount, he told us, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. If your motive in life is to, is, to, 
is to get all I can and can all I get and sit on the can, then you've got the wrong motive, Jesus said. Don't collect for your things treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. Why? For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And I thank God for all of you whose treasure is in loving others by investing in their lives through ministry and service. That's eternal. One day, what do you mean it's eternal? One day somebody's going to come up to you and you're going to be totally taken off guard in heaven and somebody's going to come up to you and say, you know what? I showed up at Nagshead Church for the first time and I was really kind of scared to go in because I'd never been in there before, but you met me and introduced yourself to me and handed me a cup of coffee and made me feel so welcome, I just couldn't wait to come back. And because I came to Nagshead Church, I heard the gospel. And because I heard the gospel, I received Jesus and was saved and was given eternal life and my sins are forgiven and I'm here for all eternity. It's because you were friendly to me that first time in Nagshead Church. That's eternal love. That's what lasts for eternity. You, I came to Nagshead Church, and I had my little ones, and you helped me find a place for them to go in the nursery and, and a little K, and so I could sit and I could listen. And, and, and you, were, you were one of the ladies that was in the nursery that day, and you took care of my baby. And when I got my baby back after church, you had changed his diaper. And, 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 and I kept coming back, and because I came back, I heard about the gospel, and I heard about Jesus and his love for me, and I put my faith in him, and I'm here for eternity because you took care of my baby. Really? That's investing in eternal things. Ministry lets me use my spiritual gifts for God's glory. Every Christian, as I said a moment ago, is gifted by God with supernatural abilities to serve others. Now, supernatural doesn't mean able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, you know, faster than a locomotive, you know. It doesn't mean you're a superhero. Supernatural means it is God-given. It's not a talent you're born with. It's not something you inherited from your dad or your mom. It's something the Holy Spirit enables you to do. And it might be giving. It might be showing mercy. It might be counseling someone. It might be providing leadership in a connection group or in a ministry team. It might be teaching. It might be serving by making a pot of coffee or helping a guest find the nursery. All of those things involve spiritual giftedness. God lets me use my spiritual gifts for his glory. Now, Nag said, church, we do ministry in teams. How many of you are Baptists this morning? Would you raise your hand? Raise your hand if you're Baptist. If you're from Nag said, church, raise your hand. All right? You're Baptist. You don't know it, but you are. But <laughs> it's our big secret. <laughs> but some of you are guests from out of town. and you're ba- Let me tell you something about Nagshead Church. We, and I, pardon me, God, please forgive me for saying this word in advance. But we don't have any committees in Nagshead Church. Why would you ask God's forgiveness? Because we believe that's a curse word, the committee word, the C word. Why is that? Committee. Uh, you know, a camel's a, a horse put together by a Baptist committee. Have you ever heard that? You know, so we don't have any committees because committees sit around and talk about what needs to be done. We have teams, and teams do stuff. So we do all our ministry in teams. Jesus loved to pair his disciples up as he sent them out. Paul and Barnabas teamed up to teach the new Christians in Antioch. Seven men were selected to meet the needs of the Greek-speaking widows in the Jerusalem church. Jesus handed the baskets of food, the fish and the bread, to his disciples to distribute to the 5,000. 
We believe in doing ministry like that in teams. We also believe that ministry is the responsibility of the partners of the church. Jesus didn't say, by the way, he just didn't say, be a servant. If you want to be great, be a servant. He didn't end it with that. He showed us what that looked like. Paul wrote to you the Ephesian church in Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. Christ chose some of us to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers. Why? So that his people, so that the church would learn to serve. And as a result, his body would grow strong. All right, that's ministry. The second thing this morning is mission. What is mission? Mission is what I do to reach out to those who don't yet know Christ. It's reaching out to those who don't yet know Jesus Christ. Where ministry is directed primarily toward those who are in the church family, missions is primarily directed toward the community, to the world outside of the body of Christ. Again, listen to Jesus. The last thing that he said Listen, think about this. The last thing that he said before he ascended to heaven, the last thing, if it was going to be your last words to somebody, you would make them really, those would be important words, wouldn't they? The last thing Jesus said before ascending to his Father in heaven after his resurrection was about knowing our mission in Acts 1.8. Read that with me. Let's read it together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you haven't noticed, if you've ever looked at a map and you know where we are in the Outer Banks, guess where we are? The ends of the earth. So he was including us here, wasn't he? Absolutely. This is our mission. When I was 10 years old, one of the boys in my neighborhood, his name was Randy Futrell, and we, a bunch of us boys would go in the summertime every day, except Sunday, I guess. We would go to Randy's house because Randy had a great big open backyard with no trees, and there was a fence in the back of his back, chain-link fence, probably 110 feet away. It wasn't far. There was a fence back there. We'd go in his backyard, and we would play baseball every single day. Randy was in my class at school. And I remember one day Randy invited me to go to church with him. He was excited about his church and his Sunday school class. And he said, hey, hey, Rick, why don't you go to, how, how about if you go to, no, we were going to a church, but it wasn't happening, you know. And there wasn't, wasn't good things going on there. And, and, and I told my mom, Mom, I want to go to church with Randy because it sounded like fun. And Randy told me that in that Sunday school class, if you memorize the memory verse on Sunday, the teacher gave you a bubblegum cigar. I said, I want to go. I can do that. I'll do anything for a bubblegum cigar. So mom said, okay. Mom said, in fact, why don't we all go check it out, try it out. So it was at that little church, about 200 miles from here. It was at that little church where the gospel was presented in such a way that I could understand that Jesus loved me so much that he died so that I could have my sins forgiven. And that he rose again from the dead to give me new life. It was at that church. In a few short months after I began going to that church, I accepted Christ. I put my faith completely in Jesus. And let me tell you something. Who was a missionary? Randy's simple invitation resulted in me becoming a Christian. 
And Randy doesn't know it. I haven't heard from or seen or talked to Randy in, you know, over 45 years. Randy doesn't know that I'm a pastor. But, you know, one day, I'm going to get to see Randy in heaven. I say, man, last time we saw each other, we were fifth graders. But, Randy, guess what? I got saved in that church. I began to grow as a Christian. God, God called me into ministry, and I, and I pastored this amazing church in the Outer Banks. And people came to know Jesus. And missionaries were sent out. Randy, because you said, come get a bubblegum cigar. <laughs> Randy was a missionary. Missions takes place wherever I am in the world. Where a bulk of ministry takes place, where? Where we're gathered on Sunday morning in church here. That's where the bulk of ministry takes place. Missions takes place anywhere that I am in the world. Missions happens wherever Nag said church. We are when we leave here. Whether it's work, school, our social networks, that's where missions happens. And when I'm serving in missions, I'm most like Christ. When I'm serving in missions, I'm most... Missions reflects the very purpose of Jesus' life. You know the story of, of Zacchaeus, the wee little man? Remember singing about him? Remember that story? He climbed up in the tree. Jesus said, hey, come on down, man. I want to go to your house and have lunch. And Zacchaeus turned his life over to Jesus Christ that day. After that corrupt tax collector, Jesus followed him. Jesus made this statement about his mission. He said, look, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. When you're about missions, you're more like Jesus than ever before, than at any other time. We're all called to reach out through missions. Remember, the Great Commission says, what? Go and make disciples. The words we saw, we read earlier in Acts 1-8, be my witnesses. All of us are called to be on mission in life. All of us are called to reach out to this world. And in Exit Church, we find ways, we look for ways to do missions, not only as we're out spread out all through the week, but we find ways to do missions together. For example, just coming up in the next few weeks, in May, just a few weeks from now, a group of 30-some college-age adults who are bicycling across the country from Nag said to San Diego. They come every year. They stay here with us for about two or three days. We house them as they get ready to go, and then we feed them a big meal. They're riding to a raise awareness for affordable housing. And what we like to do the night before they leave is provide a big meal for them, a home-cooked meal, and show them the love of Christ. There's a mission opportunity, especially for those of you who love to cook. And then starting in May, one night a month and throughout the summer, and we've done this for years as well, we provide a home-cooked meal for our Nags Head lifeguards. And they'll all show up the fifth, the fifth Thursday night of this month. They're going to show up in mass, and, we feed, and, they, and they love Nags Head Church. We've had them, some of them come to know Jesus because of our outreach uh, to them. Our Hookie Lao Surf Camps, you might have walked underneath Steve's tent out there, Hookie Lao Surf Camp meets this summer teaches kids and local kids and, and guests, visitors to, uh, to how to surf, and then we share the gospel with them while we're doing that. Operation Backpack in August will give away free school supplies to local families who otherwise would not be able to afford them. We let them know that Nag said Church loves them. And, 
Every first Saturday of the month, a team from Nags Head Church goes to Colony Ridge Nursing Home and loves on the residents there by just loving them, showing them, giving them attention, and then singing with them and then bringing them a message from God's Word. And it goes on and on and on. But those are just things that happen in the, in the coming weeks. You know, when we built this building, some of you were here when we built this building and moved into it seven years ago, I set a vision before you. I remember very clearly standing up in front of you and saying, we are praying and hoping that this building will be a launch pad for missions to reach this community, to reach this world. In fact, our goal for Nagshead Church is for us to be a community of missionaries, our partners. Be a community of missionaries. So let me ask you a question. I'm not going to go down the rows and call your name and ask you and let, let you answer out loud. But let me, if I did, let me ask this question. What's your mission? What do you do to reach out? Today you're going to be able to connect with the missions team after the gathering. You'll hear about that in a few minutes. There's another great motivator. I want to finish up with this for serving in ministry and reaching out in missions. And for you and me, I'll, tell, I'll be honest with you, for me, this is the one that really grabs me. I won't lie to you. And I think it's in Scripture for this purpose. Some people say, well, that's just kind of, you know, that's kind of turning the screws a little bit. Well, God puts this in Scripture, and there's a reason for it. He doesn't put things in the Word of God that have no meaning, that have no purpose. Do you know that? Here's the one that really gets to me, and I hope it gets to you. This might be the one that really seals the deal for you today, and that's this. I'll be judged by Christ for what I do with what he has given me. I will be judged by Christ for what I do with what he has given me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes and says, Therefore, whether we are at home or away, Whether I'm around people who know me or I'm around people who don't know me, okay? Let's paraphrase it that way. Whether I'm at home or I'm away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. Why? He gives the reason. For we must all, church, what does all mean? Somebody tell me. All means all, and that's all, all means. Oh, I'm exempt from this, no. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're, not, you're here. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? Why, why are we going to stand there? So that each may be, each, by the way, each means all, same kind of thing. Each may be repaid for what he's done in the body, whether good or bad. For what I've done while I lived this life here on this earth. That's not a judgment, by the way, for our sin. He's not going to judge you for sin. Why is that? The judgment for your sin was pronounced and done on Jesus on the cross, all right? Your sin's already been judged, Christian. But this is a time of accountability. As I stand before Jesus all by myself, and Hebrews tends to tell me chapter 13, I think it's in verse, I don't know, 7 or so, I can't remember, the verse tends, tends to imply that not only will I be myself, but he's going to call my pastors up too while I'm standing there. And he's going to ask my pastor, he's going to ask Tom and Steve and Bernie and Andy, how did Rick do? Was he faithful? 
Was he, was he regular? Could you count on him? Was it all about his ego and about feeding himself and, and, and getting a big head and getting his name put on in the papers or whatever? What, what, was he serving me? I want to know. And he's going to let our pastors read that in chapter 13 of Hebrews. That bothers me a little bit as a pastor, by the way, because he's going to call me up and stand beside you, and I get to testify about your service and your mission. It's a time of accountability for how we use what Christ gave us once we became his. Well, what's he given us? What's he going to judge me for? Let me just throw some things at you. He's given me a church to serve. Just give me that. He's given me a spiritual gift gift that enables me to serve. If you don't know what your gift is, you need to find it out. We'll help you do that. He's given me a spiritual gift to serve. My spiritual gift, I found this out when I was a teenager, my spiritual gift is teaching. So God expects me to do what? All right? Gee, Rick, and I hear, and please, and I'm not saying, that, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I hear people, people coming through saying, Rick, you're such a great teacher. And you know what the answer to that is? Because God has given me a spiritual, it's not because Rick is so smart. Ask Gail, I'm not. All right? Not that smart. I'm not that good. But he's given me a spiritual gift to do what I do. Otherwise, it, would, it, it wouldn't happen. He's given me a church to serve, a spiritual gift. and Find out what your gift is and perform it and do it well. He's given each one of us opportunities for mission and ministry. Opportunities abound right here today. We, none of us can say, well, I never got the chance. None of us can say, well... You know, nobody came and asked me, you know, why don't you go and offer yourself opportunities? You know what else God's given to us? And this, this is across the board. I know this is true. God's given every one of us time. And you know what's unique about time? Everybody in this room gets 24 hours a day. Nobody gets 24 hours and one minute. The Beatles wish for eight days a week to love you, but there's only seven. You only get seven. Do you like that, Brenda? <laughs> All right. She's, she remembers that, okay? Seven days a week. 24 hours a day, 60 minutes in an hour, 60 seconds in a minute. Nobody gets any more, nobody gets any less. Well, how is it that some people can seem to do so much more with the time they have? God gives us all time. Nobody gets cheated with time. It's just that our time reflects our priorities. And if I'm, if in my time I'm not prioritizing the things that Christ has given me, one day he will say, how come, Rick? Why not? Why didn't you? And one more thing he gives us. He gives us all. And they're all different now. But we all have these, but they're all different. He gives us resources. All of us are called to be generous with our possessions and to use them to meet the needs of those we're called to reach and serve. Let me ask you a question, that last point. Does it grab you like it grabs me? Bow your head with me for a moment, will you? 
One day I'll stand alone before Jesus and hear from him perfectly honest judgment of what I did here. No excuses. And I want him to say about me, to me, and I want him to say to you, well done, good, faithful servant. As a pastor, I long to hear those words from him about you. So think on that for a moment. Picture that scene in your mind just while your heads are bowed and your eyes are, there I am, alone. I was thinking, so I was putting all my, my notes together for today. I was thinking the other day um, that I owe who I am to those who reached out to me. I'm 58 years old. I'm married. I have children. I have grandchildren. I pastor a church. Um, and, and I looked at my life and I said, I, I really do. I, I owe who I am today to those who reached out to me, to Randy Futrell, to those who served me all those years through my Christian life, especially growing up, teaching me, loving me, guiding me. In fact, the, the truth is I'm still, still growing as a believer, and the reason I'm growing, let me say this to you, Nags Hill Church Partners, the reason I continue to grow a large part of it is because so many of you this morning, last week, next week, will continue to use your gifts to serve me and to serve others. And that's true about all of us who know Christ. We would not be here if somebody had not cared to point us to Jesus. We would not be growing if others weren't serving in ministry. So I hope you'll plug in both in ministry and in missions. We're going to sing in just a moment, but I want to have a prayer with you. Father, this is so important to you. It's important to us. Lord, it's important to me that I serve. It's important to me that I reach out. But more importantly than it is to me, I think, Father, it's important to those who maybe don't yet know you somebody demonstrate, somebody point them to Jesus, somebody love them, somebody invest time. So may you put this in our hearts today. May, the, may, may our, our ministry team and mission team leaders out in the lobby and outside, may they just be flooded with folks who want to know, how can, I, how can I get involved? What can I try? That's why we're doing what we're doing today, Father. It's all for you and for your glory to reach this world to invest in the lives of, of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.